Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Find us on any radio or podcast player. You can listen to the show there for free or download it for free as well as visiting our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, and listening to the archive there as well. Or if you're a subscriber, you can resubscribe to the show on the website or go to aftermath.media to become a premium subscriber and get a lot more than just my show. You'll also get Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis if you're a premium subscriber. And that is what I assume most of you are tuning into The Secret Teachings from after a long night with Clyde over on Ground Zero. I appreciate you staying tuned to the network and to the secret teachings. I have a show for you tonight that I think is going to blow the remaining parts of your mind. Before we start the show, though, I would like to thank Kriston Harris of The Rundown Live. I know he's not on this network, but Kriston Harris, some of you might know him. Kriston hosted the American Journal, which is normally hosted by Harrison Smith over on InfoWars. And Kriston Harris invited me to join him this morning. I mentioned that last night, but we did the show this morning. I had to get up pretty early to get uh, prepped for it, but uh, I was awake and I think the show turned out really great. So I'm not exactly sure where it will be. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be on InfoWars, but it'll probably be on band.video. If you find the American Journal from today, Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, guest hosted by Kriston Harris of The Rundown Live you'll find that show that we did. Uh, I did it a whole hour with him. And uh, the subject matter, and I'm not sure why why this is. I, I should ask Kristan why this is. It's kind of a running joke with me in my personal life that I am, like my friends and you know even relationships I've been in, people just kind of see me as the word guy. And I'm not sure why, why that is. Uh, maybe I just don't perceive myself in the way that a lot of you do as an audience. But Kristan had messaged me and he said, hey, I'm hosting uh, the American Journal. Can you be on the show? And I said, sure. What do you want to talk about? And he said, well, how about the power of words? And <laughs> I always I always wonder, why do people think that I'm the word guy? Do I really talk about the importance of words that much? Maybe I do. I just don't recognize it. But we had a really great show this morning, and I thought that it would be uh, important and uh necessary to translate a little bit of that show over to tonight's broadcast. And we can start with asking a question to ourselves. And we can ask a question to ourselves about really anything. Uh, Taking language as a prime example, ask yourself, do you understand language? By language, that could mean Everything from sign language to body language to the language that you speak. Maybe you speak multiple languages. Maybe you're bilingual. Do you understand the language that you speak? Do you understand the language that you use? Do you know what it means to understand? If you do understand the language, then you stand under its authority. You stand under its power. You use language in your day-to-day communications, and that's because you understand it. It's an extension of you. You work with language. And we interpret language 
in more than just, for this audience obviously, English, but we also interpret subtle bodily movements, things that we don't consciously recognize. We do subconsciously recognize the way that someone's eyes might, um, might dilate or the way that someone blinks. Uh, body language, the way that someone might shift or touch their face or it's not completely an absolute and universal thing that if someone touches their face, they're lying. They might actually have an itch on their face. But if someone's aware of that, if they know that in terms of body language, if you touch your face, that usually is indicative of you lying. Uh, if you're in a conversation or an interview, then they could, with all their willpower, refuse to touch their face. And they could uh, take the power of reading body language away from the reader. And I would say that this is probably something a psychopath would do. They would be very aware of the subconscious cues that body language produces. Not that you can control all of them, but like the face scratch or the face touch, they'd be able to control a few of them to make it even more difficult for you to read what their intention is. Part of the reason it might be also hard to read what their intention is is because psychopaths tend to lack the ability to empathize. And if they can't empathize, that means that they are lacking, in some way, shape, or form, a spirit, the emotional center of the body. They have a very powerful intellectual center, probably not a very powerful emotional or spiritual center, so they seem hollow. They seem like they are a representation or an extension of the void. There's something missing. There's a black hole there, etc. Here's another question. Do you request or declare something like for example if you want to take yourself out of a mandate at a business such as you have to wear a mask or take a vaccine i know that for most of us we're long past that but for those of you who don't know here on the secret teachings we helped hundreds of people keep their jobs by wording their papers for exemption in a specific way. We help people keep their jobs, and I don't want to speculate on what else, but I know we help people keep their jobs because of that. Paramedics, nurses, athletes, we helped a lot of people keep their jobs I should say in sports, uh, there was a sports agent, a couple of sports people actually that contacted me to get out of the, uh, the requirement for the mandates. And what did we do? We declared that we have rights. We retained those rights. We did not request the rights. That's the difference. That's the, that's the significant difference between requesting an exemption and declaring an exemption. You already have the rights. The company can't refuse it. You can request it, and that gives them the power to deny it, or you can declare it, and that puts you in control and puts you in power. Now, the, the manager at the gas station, the manager at the little co-op I worked at, the manager at a grocery store, the manager at a, at a thrift store or at a, at, a, at a retail store, they don't know that. They don't understand that. Uh, the manager I had at the co-op I worked at was so clueless that he 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 didn't he didn't know anything about anything. 
he he asked me one time if um, he said, do you think we should be changing gloves out uh, when customers are coming through the line? How often should we change the gloves, you know, during the so-called pandemic? And I said, well, if you want to go by like mainline uh, science or assumption, you would change those gloves after every transaction. But the gloves actually will spread more dirt and grime and by your belief disease because there's nothing to absorb it or nothing to kill it or nothing to move it it's just stuck on the glove you might as well just use your bare hands and wash your hands on occasion that'll be much better couldn't get that concept because it was all about the perception of how the customer saw that action of wearing the gloves all about the uh, reaction the perception of the customer when people would wear a mask or wouldn't wear a mask like myself And I was able to retain my job because I knew the difference between request and declaration. I'm not saying that that always works out because, again, there are lots of managers and lots of people that they don't care what the law is. They don't care what your rights are. They care where their power lies and how they can exert it over you because they want you to stand under them or they want you to understand. Request versus declaration and understanding. If you put an S in front of the word word, W-R or W-O-R-D, excuse me, W-O-R-D, you get sword. And that's what words are. We say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never harm me. We today allow words to harm us maybe more than any generation in the past. Every word is hurtful. Every word is offensive. Every word is some subconscious microaggression intending to cause bodily injury to other people. A very dangerous precedent, a very slippery slope. And I use it against the people that use it as a weapon, that use it as a sword. I tell those people, I'm offended that you're offended. I'm offended that you're offended by what you perceive as a microaggression. My perception is that you're microaggressing against me for suggesting that I'm microaggressing against you. That is a macroaggression, as a matter of fact. You have to turn this around on people, and you can only do that if you understand the words, which most people sadly do not. It doesn't make me a genius. There are so many things that I miss to point out on every show I do, and many of you email me and point those things out. I don't have all the answers. I need your help. rdgable at yahoo.com. If you think of anything, send it over to me. I'm sure there'll be plenty of emails. But it's not just words. It's also numbers. And when we spell those numbers with words. And what are those words? What are those numbers? They're symbols. How do we make up a sentence with words? How do we make up a word with letters? Letters and numbers have their own vibration. But it's not just a pyramid. It's not just a triangle. It's not just a a cross or an ankh or a pentagram. Those are symbols, yes. But everything really is a symbol. Colors are symbols. This is why fast food restaurants, fast food companies use almost exclusively the same colors of red and yellow because it appeals to your hunger, it appeals to a lower, for lack of a better word, vibrational, mundane animal self. Now, that's not to dismiss and demean the animal part of the body. We need that. It's a necessity to, to live. But it appeals to that animal self, and you go buy more of those products. 
In the same way that, you know, companies nowadays, um, they've gotten a lot more bold in the kinds of things they'll put into their products. I don't necessarily think I did do a show on Monday. I called it the greatest conspiracy rarely told about the food industry and how the food industry is one of the greatest conspiracies in the world, maybe in human history, what they put into your food. But I don't necessarily think it's to kill you. I don't think it's necessarily to make you sick intentionally. I think it's because they just want to sell the product. So they'll use anything and everything, including symbols, to sell you that product. They'll use a siren like Melusine to draw you into Starbucks. That is the logo with her little fish legs spread open. They'll use red and yellow to attract your hunger. They'll use celebrities to convince you that you could be like them if you purchase this product. They'll do anything to sell you that product. And when they don't have any ethics or any morals, they exploit, exceedingly exploit, basic human nature. This is what Facebook does. This is what Sean Parker said about Facebook. He said it exploits a vulnerability in human nature. I don't know if it's a vulnerability. I just think it's human nature. It exploits human nature. It exploits and abuses human nature. That's why if you're not aware of the power of words, if you're not aware of your own nature, other people are going to take advantage of it and they're going to take advantage of it a lot. Words are swords. Numbers, letters, vibrations, they all have their own vibration. Put them together, you get different vibrations. The vibration of air particles being translated by the ears to electrical signals that your brain interprets as sound. That's how I used to start my show off with that in the old uh, uh, college radio station days. Something like that was my opening. But everything from colors to animals to insects, they're all symbols. I mean, look at the butterfly, the butterfly, the bird. Butterflies and birds have been symbols of the, the ka, the ba, the spirit, the soul, the mind for literally thousands and thousands of years. The ka, the ba in Egypt, the bird with a partial uh, human body or a human head with a bird body. This is part of the soul. It's a piece of the soul, a piece of the spirit. Birds and butterflies are very powerful symbols for that reason. That's why Twitter uses the blue bird. Because if you go to a symbol dictionary, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the symbol dictionaries I use, I think the author is Surlot is the name of the author. It, it actually has a section on birds where it mentions the blue bird, which is the Twitter bird, right? And the blue bird is a symbol, not to get into, into too many details, but it is a symbol of what amounts to restricted or, um, or, or rather unfiltered consciousness. But when you put that blue bird into the Twitter cage where you have a limit on what you can say, then it's really the limiting of pure consciousness. The blue bird of Twitter is not selected as an accident. It's selected because it is pure thought. It is so many, so many people that use Twitter. It's just hundreds of millions of people Billions of people probably use Twitter. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but every day hundreds of millions use Twitter. And that is an expression of of spirit, an expression of soul, which animates the physical body. There's something here. There's something animating it. And that expression of soul, that expression of spirit through language is the purest expression of that soul or that spirit. And so 
that, I think, begs the question. What happens when you restrict what you can say on Twitter? You restrict the soul and you restrict the spirit. You create a toxic environment of, uh, well, just of... You ever been on Twitter? It's like the most vile place on the internet. I mean, honestly... I mean, if I, in my opinion, I swear to God, like, I, everybody's looked at pornography at one point or another, okay? Twitter makes me feel worse than a porn website does. Like, it's it's more vile. There's something even more evil about it. There's something more wrong about it. There's something more dark about it. There's something that just feels like it's pulling you down into the pits of hell. I mean, one is just filming sex. The other one is just like the most vile, corrupt, evil people that troll and harass, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's something super dark and evil because it's restricting consciousness. And symbols help us to understand that concept. Think about how we take letters, how we take words, how we take numbers, how we formulate sentences, how we make paragraphs, how we write letters, how we write books, etc. We spell those things. We spell words. And what is a spell? Like a magical spell. A spell is something that is cast. A spell is something that is written out with intention a series of signs and or characters to spell something out and to cast that spell. You know, when people say, you know, if you're taking too uh, too long to try to explain something or use trying to find the right word to express something, people say, just come on, just spell it out, spell it out. How, well, what, what are you trying to say? What are you thinking? Spell it out. You are spelling. You are casting a spell. And the same thing with cursing. You say it's a curse to use certain words because it invokes this heaviness, this weightfulness, this undivineness. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Cursing, cursive writing. Why is cursive writing so important? Because in cursive, you just write. You don't take the pen off the paper unless you're changing the word. This is why in magical practices, when you draw a triquetra or a pentagram or whatever it is, and it's one consistent flow like an infinity. If you just draw an infinity on a piece of paper, it's a great example. The eight sideways, it just goes on and 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 on forever. You don't lift the pen up from the paper. And in doing that, or I should say in not lifting the pen up from the paper, but continuing to, to, to draw and stay on the paper, there's a magical quality to that. Uh, that's why when you look at um, uh, the way in which different cultures around the world read, uh, some cultures, the book starts where we would call in the West, we'd say it's the back of the book, but that's where they start reading. They read from the right side to the left side. We read from the left side to the right side. But the reading of the right to the left, as in a lot of cultures traditionally, is because when you read right to left, you're reading, and this is not like my opinion, this is just the general idea of it. Uh, you're reading when you go right to left or when you read right to center, uh, you're reading toward the heart. Uh, and it's traditionally been considered, uh, you've been considered to read away from the heart when you read left to right. Uh, so there's a long history of this tradition uh, in cultures all throughout the world, where something as simple as reading, which we don't maybe give too much 
too much thought to. We read, you know, it's it's just second nature. Uh, it's about as uh, about as natural as our senses are. That's what we call it, second nature. Uh, but it is it is a powerful thing when you realize that a lot of cultures read right to left because it's it's the idea. You know, your heart's a little bit further on the left side of your body. You're going to draw that energy into the heart. You're reading from the heart. You're speaking from the heart. These kinds of ideas, these kinds of things. That's the the usage of words and spelling and cursive. Requesting something as opposed to declaring something. The Declaration of Independence isn't called the Request for Independence. It's called the Declaration of Independence. It is a declaration. It is of independence. It is a statement of fact. I declare my rights. I maintain, I retain these rights. Do you understand your rights, sir? If you understand them, then you stand under their authority and you stand under their power. Words are powerful. Add an S, you get sword. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never harm me. The pen is mightier than the sword, as some say. And that is certainly true because no matter how many swords you have, how many bombs you have, no matter how many torture devices you have, how many chemicals you have for chemical warfare, the pen can start and end a war much easier than a sword, a gun, a bomb, a torture rack, etc. A pen is far mightier than a sword. And what comes out of that pen? Black ink. Black goo. And that is scribbled on a piece of paper. Purity, white paper. You're manifesting something out of nothingness, which is that white sheet of paper. And when you write on that sheet of paper, you are creating something new. And then when you put that paper with that writing into a computer, you print it out, you just distribute that writing around to others, like in a script form. And then that script is turned into a movie, and we call it movie magic. And it's on the silver screen, produced out of Hollywood, which is the wood, the wood of the holly tree of the Druidic magicians who use their wands to conjure up storms, gray, dark skies like a silver gray screen and illusions, which is what a movie is, suspending your sense of belief in the physical world, suspending disbelief. And this is Hollywood movie magic. It is the broadcasting of a spelled-out script. It is TV programming. It is television. Your vision through the box. Your vision through the computer. The Windows operating system. The window into your soul. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Go check out that show we did this morning on the American Journal. I'm sure it's easy to find on Infowars.com. If not, go to band.video. This is The Secret Teachings. As I said, you can find us on any radio or podcast player Monday through Friday, five nights a week, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. You can subscribe to his show and my show, the premium subscription at aftermath.media or resubscribe if you're already a subscriber at thesecretteachings.info. But if you listen to the show for free, we also get paid for that. doesn't cost you anything. Listen for free. Download the show for free. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with the davidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching.
From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. are very powerful so are symbols and words are symbols they're comprised of symbols letters numbers they all have their own vibration uniquely individually but also contextually when you collectivize them put them together into words and sentences and paragraphs and you write a script or you write a book colors animals insects all of these things are symbols the bird The butterfly, these are symbols of the soul, of the spirit, of the mind. The butterfly is more so a symbol of the mind. The bird is more so a symbol of the solar spirit or different aspects of the solar spirit like the Ka and the Ba in Egypt. It's also a, I guess you could say, kind of a linguistical thing when you look at those two ideas in Egypt. Uh, The Ka, uh, the bird head, but the Ka and the Ba, the Ka-Ba. Kaaba, the soul, the Kaaba at the Muslim holy city, the black cube with the two towers, or the Kabbalah from ancient Egypt to the ancient Muslim world to the ancient Judaic faith, ancient Judaic mysticism. Kabbalah, the Kaaba, and the Kaaba, the Egyptian soul, the concept of the soul and the separation of the Ka and the Ba aspects of the soul and what is the soul what is the spirit it is the emotional self it is the animating 
force that drives the physical body. When we are born into this world, when we are birthed, when we have the first breath of life, in occultism we call this the big death, the little birth. When we die, when we exhale for the final time, and the soul and the spirit leaves our body, this is the little death and the big birth. What I mean by that is physical life is spiritual death. But that doesn't mean that death is a negative or bad thing. Memento mori, the reminder that death is around the corner, so to be cautious of death. The skeleton, the skull and crossbones that people are so afraid of. Yes, it's a symbol of poison. It's also a symbol and a reminder that death could occur at any time. So you shouldn't just fear on missing out on something. Fear missing out on something. FOMO. Fear of missing out. You shouldn't just have this idea of you only live once YOLO. I mean, these are old ideas, actually, because Momentum Mori is really you only live once YOLO. So instead of doing things that destroy the body and destroy the mind and destroy the spirit and soul, do things to create a better world. That's why the pyramid is always unfinished. This is where I differ with a lot of researchers and a lot of radio hosts and a lot of media. The unfinished pyramid is not a dark, negative, evil, satanic, luciferian thing. It's a positive thing. It is an aspect of our civilization, of the progress that we've made as humans. The unfinished pyramid is a pyramid that will never be completed. But God is at the top watching because we are all an extension of God. That pyramid draws us upward to the apex, to the point at the top, which is what the pentagram does. The pentagram has the four elements, and the fifth element is consciousness rising forth like Osiris's head from the mummy wrappings in Egyptian depictions of the Lord of the Underworld, drawing our attention upward. This is why I disagree with so many researchers, so many occultists, and so many late-night radio people. Baphomet is not an evil symbol. Baphomet is an androgynous symbol. Baphomet is darkness and light. Baphomet is balance. Baphomet draws your attention upward toward the five-pointed star on its head. Drawing consciousness upward, the torch pointing upward, drawing you into heaven. A dark symbol that attracts darkness and brings it to the light. A symbol that is of light. And those who understand that have no issue with it. Can it be distorted? Certainly. You want to see the difference between Baphomet, who is an androgynous, uh, positive symbol, and the devil? Look at Baphomet and then look at the devil tarot card. Any of the decks, but preferably the most famous, the, uh, the, the white deck. You see the devil has humans chained to a black cube, the Kaaba. The soul is enchained. It is entrenched in the physical world, the material world. You see that the devil has the torch pointing downward, illuminating the infernal, to quote Manly P. Hall. The pentagram is also pointing downward, drawing spirit downward, and actually creating the horns of the goat. Baphomet is not an evil symbol, but the devil is an evil symbol, though he is a necessary evil. And he chains humans to the black cube, the Kaaba. The Kaaba, like the Kabbalah, or the Kaaba of the Egyptian concept of the soul and the spirit, the Ka and the Ba. And that black cube, that black cubed material world is a necessary evil. 
because it allows spirit and soul to experience physical life. But within that world, when you create the metaverse, what is the metaverse? It is the meta curse, I call it, because a verse is written, a spell or a curse. A curse is written, it's read backwards. The verse is a curse. In reverse, meta means atom. Atom means beyond in Greek. It also means breath in German. In Twilight language, atom, A-T-E-M, spelled differently, but it means atom. It means atom. Like the black atom, the inversion of atom in the garden. It also means atom. One of the building blocks in physics, the building blocks of our physical world. The atom or the atom or the atom. A reverse of atom is meta. A reverse of meta is atom. Atom and atom, both man and the building block of man. Interestingly, when you look at Jewish mysticism and you read about the golem, Clyde Lewis and I have both talked about this extensively on our shows, the golem, and we actually found this separately and we came to each other with it and thought, oh, look, we found the same thing. In, uh, in the Judic mystic tradition, when you create a golem, you write the word truth on its head, its forehead, in order to bring it to life. You inscribe the word truth, and that word is emet, emet. And when you take away the truth, when you take away the E, you destroy the golem. And it does, no longer does your bidding. And when you take away the E, you get met. It is the met. It is the meta. The atom, the black atom. It's an inversion of atom. And again, atem, A-T-E-M, means breath. And what does God breathe into the nostrils of Adam? The breath of life. They are creating an artificial life. They are creating a life that is a distortion of the organic world, a distortion of reality. That means that life, or L-I-V-E, to live and to distort what it means to live is to be the opposite. Meta is atom, or atom, or atom, and live in reverse is E-V-I-L, evil. If you don't have life and what it means to live, you have evil. If you don't have love in all of its wonder and mystery and you have a reverse of love and it's not just hatred you have avoidance of love void the void is hatred then you have evil e-v-o-l and e-v-o-l although it's spelled differently just like a-t-e-m a-d-a-m and a-t-o-m they're all coming from the same place it's all coming from the same base all has the same meaning in twilight language especially but even in english what does that tell us about language and how important it is when you think about the metaverse? When you think about life itself, what is evil? Evil is the voiding and the inversion of life and of love. Doesn't it feel like that there are evil people in the world that are engaged in this process of overturning everything that is natural, everything that is organic, everything that is real, replacing it Modifying it, patenting it, distorting it, controlling it, profiting from it. Transhumanism, biotechnology, chemical companies, pharmaceutical companies, they can help us a lot. And they have helped us a lot. But they can also harm us and they can harm us a lot. And they have harmed us a lot. Big technology companies, same thing. Do you trust any of these companies with your phone number, let alone 
gaining access to all your most personal information so that they can create behavioral pattern recognition uh, so they can recognize the behavioral patterns, I should say, so they can use behavior pattern, uh, behavior recognition, behavior pattern, uh, behavioral pattern to recognize who you are, what you are, and what you're going to do next. Taking the idea of God's plan, which we think plan, it's something that's scripted. The plan is to experience. God's plan is to experience and to love and to live. If you take away that experience and you plan everything out and organize it into the future and control it, that is evil. E-V-I-L, that is evil, that is E-V-O-L. That's the creation of the atom, the black atom, the black atom or the black atom. Creating a whole nother world, a whole nother universe, a curse in reverse, the meta curse. Inverting, disorganizing, and eliminating all things that are natural, all things that are organic. You've heard me say this before when we do music shows or we do shows on Hollywood, when we do shows on the music or movie industry or TV or whatever it is in the entertainment industry. You've heard me say that when you go to a movie, when you log on to your Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is that you stream, you've probably had to pay for that service. Maybe you're bumming it off somebody else, but you've probably paid for your TV with money, but even if you got a free TV and got a free streaming service, you're still paying with your attention. You're paying attention to what you're watching, what you're listening to. Your subconscious is paying a lot more attention to process all that information. You're paying with your time as well. You're paying with attention and time. And time is a precious commodity, is it not? Time is not something that we should waste. Time is of the essence. Time and attention. And what is time and attention and money? Money and attention are energy or currency. Our money is a currency. Our attention is a currency. It is a frequency. It is whether your brain is switched on or off in one wavelength or another. Television lowers the wavelength of your brain. It puts you into a Slightly hypnotic state. That is a scientifically provable fact. You become more suggestible after only about five minutes of watching television. Even if you're super consciously aware otherwise. It is a technology that hijacks natural processes. And they use that to sell you products and ideas. You pay attention. You pay with time. You also pay with money. Money and attention are energy and currency. And where do you find currents? You find currents in breath, inhaling and exhaling. You find currents in the cycles of nature, the four seasons, the four horses of the apocalypse, the four directions, the rotation of the earth, etc. You also find currency or currents, currents that you see. You see currents, see, currents, see, you see the current, you see currents in a river a body of water. And what do you find on the sides of that river? You find a bank. And what does a bank do? A bank controls the flow of that water. It directs the flow of that river. What does a bank do? It directs the flow of currency, cash flow, liquid assets. 
your house being underwater. The currency. We even ask, what is the current value of the dollar? It is a cash flow. And money flows out of your hands, to quote Jordan Maxwell, just like water. The late Jordan Maxwell, our good friend and uh, partial mentor, Jordan Maxwell. Banks direct the flow of a river, a river bank. Banks also direct the flow not only of the river, of the current, but also of the currency, of the flow of money, which is as fluid as water. Liquid assets, underwater properties. Think about birthing. Birthing is very similar to how we describe banking and how we describe the flow of water in a river. What happens when you're about to give birth? Your water breaks. The baby travels down the birth canal. And then the woman is docked by a doctor laid on her back, which is totally unnatural just because it's more convenient for the docking official. And they pull that baby out of the body, usually through artificial means, because it's commerce. And we don't have time to wait for the baby to be born, so we induce labor we induce the breaking of the water or we break the water physically ourselves. We pull the baby down the birth canal. We quickly dock it and we quickly try to pull it out of the womb because those are goods that are going to be birthed. And then a birth certificate, a certificate of live birth, a birthing of goods, a producing of goods will be taken from the body of the ship, the vessel for the soul. And it will be documented at the dock by the doctor, and in that process, those goods are, well, they're processed. Those goods are processed, and they come to shore in that process. The documenting of birthed goods. The doctor is docking at the feet of the woman who is laid back in an uncomfortable position, and they induce the labor to break the water, to push the baby down the canal, and all of this, the certificate of birth of goods and all the stuff in the hospital is a doc. You mintation, a documentation of the transaction, of the commerce, of the relationship between the seller and the buyer or the transitioner bringing you into port. That's why everything is called a ship. You got pregnant, you probably were in a relationship. Even if it was just a fling, you were in a relationship. A ship. You were in a ship and brought to the dock. Before you get to that point, you might get married. A lot of people don't do that nowadays, but you might get married. And what is marriage? Marriage is the merging of two people into a cooperation. You get a marriage license because you're about to get into each other's business. On your marriage uh, wedding night, you show each other the goods. You merge your assets and you merge your finances. Then you produce or reproduce a product of your love and cooperation. You are business partners who, in a lot of cases, especially today, will eventually leave the business by parting or divorce. And that's why they call them partners because you will eventually part with each other should probably call it a coupleship. But then again, there's the word ship once more. 
This is all part of the movie magic, of the illusions, of the storms, of the silver screen, the broadcasting of spelled out scripts, a white piece of paper and some black goo ink put on that piece of paper to manifest the things that come out of the imagination or that are channeled through the hand of the writer, turned into a script and then produced and broadcast. It is a product that is produced and then you pay for it with your attention and with your currency. You're paying for a broadcast of a spelled out script to be television programmed. Television, you're watching it, you're television. And of course, think about computers. A lot of people watch TV on their computers. Most people are using the operating system of Windows, the window into your life, into your personal information. Even Apple, what is Apple? I mean, Apple's original logo was, in essence, and it still is, uh, it is a uh, Garden of Eden. Uh, Isaac Newton under the tree. The apple falling on his head. It is the idea of the Garden of Eden, the apple in the Garden of Eden. I saw a really funny uh, Babylon Bee story. I think it was yesterday. It said, men demand reparations from women for eating the apple in the Garden of Eden. It's about time men got paid back for, <laughs> for the sins of woman. You know what the snake promised Eve in the Garden of Eden? Do you recall what the snake said to Eve? He said that God doesn't want you to eat this fruit. Because if you eat this fruit, you'll become as God. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and knowing evil. I want you to think about that for a second. And I want you to go back to the beginning of this segment where I said birth and life is a big death and a little birth. Death is a little death and it's a big birth. Because extended physical life is extended spiritual death, but you have to have balance between the two or you become a eugenicist who believes that you've spent too much time here and consumed too many resources. It's time for you to go. Life is just as important. In the book of Genesis, quoting the Bible, the serpent was clever. The serpent promised, pleaded actually, pleaded with promise. That if you eat this, you will become like God. And you will obtain these powers to know right and wrong. This is the fall of man. It's also the fall season, the fall months as the leaves fall off the trees. This is why the horse of the apocalypse known as the pale horse is actually not a like a pale, uh, like a pale whitish color. It's actually pale green. The name of the horse is chloros. It's chlorophyll. When the sun isn't as strong, when plants can't uh, produce the chlorophyll, they start to turn red and yellow and orange, depending on the type of, of, of tree. Uh, and then the leaves fall off the trees. It's the fall of man. And it's a sign that the end times are coming. The end times are the winter. And then you get the white horse of the spring that Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, etc. rode. And then you get the red horse of the summer, the war. And then you get fall again, the black horse, which is where uh, in, the, in the Greek story of Persephone, she's taken to the underworld on a black horse. Her mother Demeter cries and mourns for her death of the physical while she's in the underworld with Hades or in Hades with Hades, the underworld God, Lord, like Osiris. And in that underworld, she stays for a certain amount of time. That amount of time she stays is equal to, is equated to the amount of time her mother mourns, which she allows men to die and crops to fail. And then when Persephone comes back to the real world, she had eaten a pomegranate 
in Hades and had to stay there for the uh, equivalency of how much of the pomegranate she ate. When she comes back to the real world, her mother is happy and allows the crops and the plants and the trees and the and uh, the flowers to bloom again and for man to have food and sustenance. And that's the cycle of nature. That's the spring and the summer and the fall and the winter, the four horses of the apocalypse. It is a cycle of life and death and birth and life and death and rebirth and life and death. And it's all a business from marriage to childbirth, the law of the water, I'm simply pointing these things out. I'm not trying to tell you that, or I'm not going to tell you that there's a way that you can legally get out of this or legally get out of that. There is a way you can legally get out of your mandated vaccines and masks. That's the difference between requesting an exemption and declaring an exemption. So I'm not going into maritime law. I'm talking about the words and what they mean. A marriage partner, you will part the business once you get divorced, but you're merging two people into a marriage or a mirage, a mirage, a cooperation. It's not real. It's just a piece of paper, a marriage license. You get in each other's business. You show each other the goods. You merge your assets and finances. You produce or reproduce a product of your love and cooperation. Then you go to the hospital. The water breaks. You go down the birth canal. The doctor is the docking station where he documents the birth with a certificate of birthed goods of commerce that are an extension or a product of your love. This is just how language has developed. And these words, this is what they mean in context with things like marriage, with things like birth, with things like a bank and the river bank, the directing to the flow of the river. The flow is the currency, the current, the cash flow, liquid assets being underwater. And it's all directed by those with magical wands, like those in Hollywood, the Hollywood of the Druidic magicians, conjuring up storms and illusions on the silver screens to broadcast spelled out scripts to you and TV programming to tell your vision and to look through a window into your life by giving you the poisoned apple and promising you everlasting life. But the extension of physical life is the extension of spiritual death, and that is where the metaverse comes into play. The metaverse of the metacurse, atom, A-T-E-M, Meta means beyond. Atom means beyond. It means breath in German, beyond in Greek. Atom is also Adam, the black Adam, the first man, the atom, the building blocks, the particles, subatomic world. Emet is truth on the golem, but if you remove the E, you remove the truth, you get met. You put it on the other side. Meta is, well, it's the opposite. Put the E on the other side, meta. You get lies, and that's what the metaverse is. That's what this whole system is designed to do, to exploit vulnerabilities in human psychology, as Sean Parker said, although they're not really vulnerabilities. They're just things that we don't generally understand because we're not taught to understand them. You're not taught to understand the subtleties between request and declaration as legalese, lawyers will tell you. Everything we've talked about recently seems to be geared towards destroying anything that is natural, anything that is good, anything that is beautiful. If you take away from good, you also take away from God. Two O's as opposed to one O. If you add a D onto the word evil, you get devil. Those that want to distort, that want to invert, that want to replace, that want to patent, that want to profit off the natural world and replace it and control it and all of the other things that we consider to be very dark, 
they are the personification, the evil of what we consider to be existence, evil. Some necessary evil, but evil nonetheless. E-V-I-L, E-V-O-L, void of life, void of love. They're evil. Call them whatever you choose. Some people say Satanists, etc. I don't like that word a lot, though. Just evil. That'll suffice. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Go check out our website, thesecretteachings.info. You can find my books on there, Liberty Shrugged, my new book, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana, along with Food Philosophy. You can buy the physical copies. You also get a digital copy for free when you buy the books. You can get a digital copy separately if you'd like and not have to buy the physical book. www.thesecretteachings.info You can also listen to the free archive there. If you're a subscriber, you can resubscribe or go to aftermath.media to subscribe to the premium subscription option. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, the Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages my digital books and more for those of you who already have a secret teaching subscription you can still keep that subscription just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today I need it. this is david ike and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before president business is going to use the crackle to end the world president business is going to end the world but he's such a good guy in octan they make good stuff music dairy products coffee tv shows surveillance systems all history books voting machines wait a minute welcome to the darkness the secret teachings radio show is on facebook and twitter just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and tst underscore underscore radio to tweet with us think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the fall of back to me
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Now you see, when your, your identity is defined by society, you cannot resist it. You don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the resources to understand that something's being put over on you. You cannot but help believe the definition of you as a free agent. But you believe yourself to be a free agent as a result of not being free. That is to say, of being hopelessly unable to resist society's identification of you. The sheeple aren't going anywhere. They like my world. They don't want this sentimentality. They don't want freedom or empowerment. They want to be controlled. They crave the comfort of certainty. And that means you two, back in your pods, unconscious and alone, just like them. Dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. You seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. We believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. We'll be able to feel present, like we're right there with people, no matter how far apart we actually are. We'll be able to express ourselves in new, joyful, completely immersive ways, and that's going to unlock a lot of amazing new experiences. We too are on a quest to better ourselves, evolving toward a state of perfection. Forgive me, but the Borg do not evolve. They conquer. By assimilating other beings into our collective, we're bringing them closer to perfection. How did you get here? What is the Matrix? Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. You ever wonder why you have nightmares? Why your own brain tortures you? It's actually us maximizing your output. Here's the thing about feelings. They're so much easier to control than facts. Turns out in my matrix, the worse we treat you, the more we manipulate you, the more energy you produce. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. Sticks and stones will probably break your bones, but words will... Well, they might not harm you, they shouldn't harm you, but they will break your mind if you don't understand language. And what is understanding? It means to stand underneath of something. To allow for authority, to maintain its authority. Understanding language is pertinent to preserving the body, mind, and soul. Our birth is a little birth, a big death, whereas our death is a little death or a big birth. That is to say, life is the extension of spiritual death, and both of which are temporary and need each other as necessary evils for balance. Otherwise, imbalance occurs and imbalance creates distortion so that L-I-V-E and L-O-V-E, live and love, become E-V-I-L and E-V-O-L. Since both of these reversals are pronounced the same way, evil, evil, 
They share in a vibratory frequency. The same is true for Adam, A-D-A-M. Adam, the first man in the Garden of Eden. Reverse Adam, you get Mata, 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 or Meta, which means beyond. In reverse, Atom, M-E-T-A, reversed, A-T-E-M, means breath, like the breath of life breathed into Adam in the Garden. Or consider the word atom, A-T-O-M, the subatomic nature of our physical world. When we pay attention to these things, we pay attention. What is our attention? Consciousness, energy. We pay money for entertainment or for technology or for whatever. Money is currency and energy. We also pay attention with time. Time, because we get so little of it here in this physical world, time is a currency. Time is of the essence. Attention, money, and time are things which are currencies and energies. Turning us, if we are exploited, if we are used and abused, if we do not understand language, if we do not force others to understand us and help them to understand us, then we are batteries that power a dream world. That is the metaphor of the matrix, which is the womb. Therefore, we are all in the womb of the earth. We are all part of God's creation. Call it the God, call it the goddess, it's androgynous, call it whatever you will. We are creation and extension and expression of the divine. The spirit and the soul resides in and around and through and throughout us. As extensions of that source, we are sons of God. S-U-N-S. Divine little sparks. Though some people don't seem to have those sparks. Some people seem to have a void. Some people who have that void, we would probably say correctly that they are disconnected from source and they have not been born again or resurrected. And I don't mean that from a Christian point of view. Those with a void are looking for something to fill the void with. They might use a lot of entertainment. They might use drugs. They might use sex. They might use anything and everything to feel something. Fleeting, addictive-like pleasures that become needs chemically in the body. I'm not saying that sex is bad, obviously, or that even some drugs are bad. I'm simply saying trying to fill that void with those things. You're never going to fill that God-sized hole. You're not going to fill it with drugs. You're not going to fill it even with religion. Because knowing God and being resurrected, being born again is a process that you can go through, whether you're in ancient Egypt, in ancient Greece, in ancient Babylon, ancient Japan, ancient South and Central America, the North American part of the world, probably all over planet Earth, from Africa and Europe to Asia to North and South and Central America, all over the world, these kinds of practices have been carried out and conducted by priestly classes and by occultists, people trying to align themselves with natural cycles, trying to align themselves with the movement of nature, of animals, of insects, etc. This is where a lot of 
martial arts come from. This is where yoga, to some extent, comes from. Yoga is a very, very ancient practice, more ancient than martial arts even. All of these things are evidence of generations and generations and generations of humans that have tried to put themselves into alignment with forces that are greater than them, with powers that are beyond their ability to conceive of, let alone fully interact with. This is the mimicking or the as above, as below idea or hermetic axiom. Putting yourself in alignment with that with that which is above and that which is below. Understanding the layout and the mechanism of the solar system, you can assume, because as above, so below, that the mechanism of the subatomic world looks very similar, and it does. And I don't think that it is a conspiracy to convince you that these things look real when they're not real. The atom, the nucleus, the electrons, the protons, the neutrons. This is the sun and this is the planets. These are the rotations of the planets around the center of the solar system, the center of that atom. Atom, A-T-O-M. A-T-O-M, A-D-A-M, atom, atom. Or atom, A-T-E-M, an version of the metaverse where they're creating a black atom or an artificial atom, an artificial, an artificial man, an artificial atom, and an artificial atom. An atom is breath, an artificial breath. They're creating literally an artificial man with an artificial breath with an artificial subatomic structure. I mean, what are the chances of language having these meanings Forward and backwards when we discuss something like the metaverse. An artificial man with artificial breath and an artificial subatomic structure in the metaverse. That's intentional. That's not accidental. It's also not accidental that Emmet is scrolled on the head of the golem to bring it to life. Truth. But if you take that E and remove it, the golem falls away. It's lacking truth. But if you put that E at the end of met, you get meta. Meta. Meta is the opposite of truth. You're moving the E to the other side. It's the opposite of truth. It's lies. The metaverse is a lie. And you don't have to be a super duper hyper mega Christian, super duper hyper mega conservative. And I mean mega as an M-E-G-A to recognize this. You don't have to be political or religious to recognize this. You don't have to be political or religious or even spiritual to recognize simply that evil is an inversion of life and love. L-I-V-E, L-O-V-E, E-V-I-L, E-V-O-L. Love, live, evil, evil. Pronounce the same backwards the same meaning in twilight language and the same vibratory meaning, the same vibratory frequency. Words have incredible power. Letters have incredible power. Numbers have incredible power. Spelling has incredible power. When we spell something, spell it out for us so we can understand it. Spelling, cursive, writing in cursive, putting the pen, <clears throat> putting the pen or the pencil on a piece of paper and drawing a pentagram or a triquetra or whatever it is that you're drawing that only takes a 
a single pressure point that you extend into the entire image on that paper. That is a very powerful and very magical symbol when that happens. The pentagram is a great example of that. But also the cross. The cross takes two pressure points, one vertical, one horizontal. But that cross merges in the center. That's the cross roads. That's the four directions, corners, elements, horses of the apocalypse, seasons, etc. The four quadrants of the material cubic world. Turn that on its side, you get an X. The X marks the spot, the treasure. What is in the center of that X? It's the passive and the active principles, male and female, getting together and producing a third. It's like the hooked X, kind of almost. But the X, you put a line around that, you get a diamond, which is the womb, which is the vaginal opening. If you turn it back so it's a cross and you put the square, you get the cube with its four quadrants. And then you extend that to three dimensions and you get the three-dimensional world. It's all math. It's all geometry. The monad, circle with the dot, infinite awareness. Creation. Life, or our solar system, or an atom. 666, the mark of the beast and the number of man. It is more than just science. It is more than just atoms in the subatomic world. It's also the exploitation of our desire to believe in the extraordinary, our desire to believe in mysteries, our desire to believe, our will to believe in the supernatural and in the divine. Proof of that, of course, again, always found in our body, which is animated by something beyond the physical. But the exploitation of our beliefs in things like 666, which leads companies like Microsoft to patent with the number 666, a body-activated form of digital currency where the body is used to pay for things. Literally using your bodily energy to turn you into this. Cue the video frame in your head of the little battery that Morpheus, the god of dreams, holds up in the Matrix to turn you into this, a battery like Monsters Incorporated, sucking the fear and the terror out of the young children through the doors, the gateways of the portals to power the monster world. And who runs the whole operation? A parasitic-like, multiple-legged, spider-like, Tentacle-like, Lovecraftian-like, Stranger Things-like monster. And Randall, although he's a piece of garbage in the movie, played by Steve Buscemi, uh, Randall the serpent isn't actually the bad guy. It's actually Mr. Waternoose. He's the bad guy. Not the serpent. The serpent is just a necessary evil. Our life is just a necessary evil so that spirit can experience the physical world, so the spirit can experience love and companionship, but also can experience heartbreak and loneliness. And they're all necessary for growth and development. Words are powerful. Word, add an S, sword. Words shall not harm you. Sticks and stones will probably break your bones. Words should never harm you. Microaggression should never harm you. And if they do harm you, if someone harms you with a microaggression, well, that person who harms you with the microaggression needs to learn, if they apologize for that, that people are using your emotions 
and your desire to do the right thing against you to control your mind. That's why words will break you if you don't understand them. The microcosm and the macrocosm, as above, so below. If someone's offended by what I say, I'm offended that they're offended. And it's a stalemate, and it's as simple as that. Understanding language is pertinent to preserve the body, mind, and soul. It's pertinent to preserve civilization, civility, society, relationships, community, social things, community things. It's necessary to understand language so others can't force you underneath of it and use it against you. Do you understand your rights? Do you understand the charges that are brought before you? I don't understand them. I hear them, though. I don't stand under them. I do not agree with those charges. I do not agree with what you are saying. I do understand my rights. I do stand under them. I do take them. I do retain them. That's the difference in legalese between requesting and declaring. Requesting and declaring. It's also the difference between what is legal and what is lawful. Just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's lawful. Is it legal? In California, for a 20-year-old to have sex with a 10-year-old and call it consensual? Yes, it is legal in California to do that. Pedophilia is literally legal in the state of California. Is it lawful? No. In the state of Florida, the legislature is actually thinking about passing a law, which the governor will very likely sign, that if you are convicted, even if it's not unanimous in court, if it's a majority, that's democracy, folks, then if you're convicted of something like that, harming a child, raping a child, it's straight to the chopping block. It's execution, which is what it should be. You don't touch and harm children. You don't use and manipulate and abuse children. It's not just psychopaths and pedophiles, which is also an inappropriate word to use because pedo means child and philia, philia like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, means child lover. People that do that to children are not lovers of children. They're abusers of children. Pedophile is actually a word that has a much softer meaning than we assume, despite the fact that it has a very sharp edge to it when you say pedophile. It's actually a compliment. You're saying you love these children. We want to send all the lovers of children to the chopping block. No, because I love children. I love my son, although I don't get to see him. I'd love to have more kids. I love children. I don't want to hurt children. I want to protect children, though. You know, the alternative media, by the way, also exploits that with their QAnon Pizzagate nonsense, which I've said is nonsense from the beginning. And I've told you that self-collecting organizing intelligence, uh, it is a form of uh, algorithm AI. It's a form of Operation Trust. It's a form of uh, trust the plan. That's QAnon, right? Operation Trust. The communists use that in Russia. Also, what the communists used in China which was the 100 Flowers campaign. It's just meant to weed out people who believe these things so they can distort reality and distract you from real human smuggling at the border, to distract you from real human smuggling in Hollywood. I mean, Oprah Winfrey was smuggling women to Harvey Weinstein. All anybody cared about was Harvey Weinstein was a man, so he should go to jail. He's an evil person. Anybody care about John of God, who Oprah also reportedly had connections to? Anybody care about the Finders cult? 
Anybody care about any of these other people like Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, and people on the right and left politically and in the media and entertainment that went down to that island, including that scumbag conservative attorney, Alan Dershowitz, that scumbag who said, yeah, I got a massage, but I didn't ask for her age and I didn't take my underwear off. Scumbag piece of human filth. But all the conservatives love him because it's Alan Dershowitz. Why wouldn't you like him? Because he's a piece of garbage. He's a liar. He literally used legalese in an interview and said, I, I didn't know her age and I did not take my underwear off. Just like Bill Clinton, I did not have, I did not have sex, did not have sexual relations with that woman. I just blew a load on her face. See, it's words that are powerful and words that have meaning. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, right? Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Weapons of mass destruction. Or as some point out, weapons of mass distraction. There weren't weapons of mass destruction. And as Bill Hicks said, if there were weapons of mass destruction, how do you know, Mr. President? Because I got the receipt. Weapons of mass destruction can also be words, can be ideas, can be concepts. That's why the Super Bowl is so powerful, because so many people watch it and listen to it. It's not an Illuminati ritual. What are you talking about, Illuminati ritual? You don't even know what that word means? Some satanic, Luciferian, Illuminati conspiracy ritual. What are you talking about? No, it's a platform for companies and politicians to sell you products and ideas. It's also an oracle for the future because all the money, all the planning for the next part of the year goes into that Super Bowl event. And that bowl is a cauldron in which all these things are stirred up and then poured out as a libation to the status quo, and to the narrative. Then they even have that slogan in the NFL, it takes all of us. It's supposed to refer to social justice. Well, maybe it does, but it is also internet technology, information technology, IT. The internet takes all of us, and it will take all of us. It will consume all of us if we are not careful because we just read the words of what other people have written. We do things that we think are beneficial to human civilization to help people with technology. Brain, computer interfaces to help people that are crippled, people that have lost control of part of their body. That's beneficial. That's positive. But do you think that technology is for those people? Do you think the technology that these companies are developing and allowing to be developed. You think that's for the average person? You think designer babies and artificial wombs for men, you think that's really about helping the average person? No. You can't trust a small company with your phone number not to trade it, sell it, or leak it. You certainly can't trust a company with your DNA, Ancestry, or DNA uh, company, the DNA company uh, 23 and Me, connected to the, the Vatican and the Mormon Church and the NSA out in Utah. You can't Trust these companies with your phone number. You're going to trust them with your DNA. You're going to trust them with your critical, vital information that allows them to go through all those details. Well, it allows a computer to do that. Gather up all that information, figure out the behavioral patterns, and then nudge you in a certain direction to control your behavior. You don't think that's what it's all about? It's all about control. Turning you into a battery where you pay attention, you pay with money, you pay with time. That energy, that currency feeds the dreamlike system, while you're in the womb, sleeping away. The womb is, of course, the matrix. 
You need to learn the difference between request and declaration, between what is legal and what is lawful. You need to understand what it means to understand something. You need to understand that a bank directs the flow of a river, a river bank. That flow is the current, like the currency, the cash flow that goes through a bank. This is why we have liquid assets. This is why our house goes underwater. This is why when we get together, we form a relationship or a partner in business. We get down to business. You get pregnant. Your water breaks. The baby goes down the birth canal. The doctor is the docking station where the woman is unnaturally laid on her back. And because commerce is the most important thing in the hospital. They want to get you out of the hospital fast. They want to get those goods off of the ship fast. So they induce labor. They break the water. They force the baby down the birth canal. They cut off its ability to breathe. Babies turn blue. They cut the umbilical cord, all the remaining nutrients and things the baby needs right when it's born. And then they document that birth. A doctor documents the birth and then there's a certificate of birth goods given to the parents and documented by the hospital. And that baby is a product of your love, merging of two people into a cooperation, a marriage license, getting in each other's businesses, getting each other's goods, merging assets and finances, producing or reproducing a product, a uh, product of your love and cooperation, of business partners that will eventually part in divorce. It's all magic. That's what the magic wand really is of Hollywood. It's just a wand to direct your attention and perception. The sleight of hand of the magician. Look over here, not over there. Pay attention to what's over here while I do something over there. Pay attention to what's over there while I do something over here. The wand is a directionalizing of your will. Nothing's going to shoot out of it like some magical energy like Harry Potter. But the soul and the spirit and consciousness are pretty magical and pretty powerful. And if you directionalize that wand at something, you directionalize your will and intention, the sword or the athame, your body, the pentacle, your mind, the cup, your intention, your will, your consciousness, the wand, or you could say the sword is the mind. There's a lot of ways to interpret this. Witches interpret it differently than other occultists. But you're directionalizing your will to get something done, to achieve something. It just takes willpower, they tell you. Fake it till you make it. Do the things and act the way and dress the way that you think you need to act and dress and do those things to get to where you want to go. That's called sympathetic magic. Drawing on the power of what makes you successful, what it looks like to be successful. It's all magic. Has anybody ever wished you to have a happy birthday or a good day or a good night? Good night. What does that mean? Well, it's a courtesy. Good night. Night. It's nighttime. Good. Good night. Have a good night. You're telling them to have a good night. That gets into the conscious and subconscious and unconscious. And maybe, just maybe, you will have a good night because of that. Maybe, just maybe, you'll have a better night than if someone didn't say good night to you or good morning or good afternoon. It's all magic. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. If these things fascinate you, check out my books, The Technological Elixir, 
Liberty Shrugged, Food Philosophy, and Occult Arcana at www.thesecretteachings.info. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. And if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. Radio, I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or Aftermath.media and subscribe. Subscribe today. I need it! You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to reach out to the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com, please feel free to shoot us an email. Grab a copy of one of my books, digital or physical, or both. If you get a physical, you get a digital copy as well. And check us out on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast or radio player where you can listen to the show any time of day or night for free and to download the show for free. You can also do that on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info or go to aftermath.media to become a premium subscriber. You can get my show in the basic subscription, but you can get the premium subscription. You get my show and Clyde's show and a lot more. For those of you just coming across this show and you don't know 
that we air Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I'm referring to Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero, his immensely popular and famous radio show uh, that we are very blessed to be able to follow up here on the network again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Occult Arcana is a book that I wrote. It's a massive, massive text. It's over 600 pages. It's almost like a ream of computer paper, really. And in that book, I document uh, a tremendous number, countless things, literally countless. I can't count all the things that I talked about in the book. But one of the things I did discuss throughout the book, part of how I see the world, is the way in which symbols guide us, the way in which symbols teach us. When we learn a language, we're learning symbols. When we learn something like um, what a symbol means, like a pentagram, it gives us a, a perspective that is much different than what our assumption is. Like a pentagram for some people is evil, but a pentagram is actually a symbol of spiritual rejuvenation or resurrection. It's actually a very positive symbol. When you think about a magical wand, it's just a prop for a stage magician. It's part of the pageantry, part of the ritual, part of the ceremony. It's part of the symbolic expression physically of what the magician is doing to the mind. And that's what the wand is. It is a, an extension of the mind, as is the sword or the athame, an extension of the mind. Minds that are sharp, that can cut through things. The directionalizing of your will with the wand. Looking at something, casting a spell, like a broadcast of television. Telling your vision how to be programmed by the broadcasting that is scripted, spelled out on a white piece of paper and then turned into, through production, whatever the thing is, a commercial, a movie, a TV show, a video game, etc. It's not just in TV, but also on computers, Windows operating system, and Apple. The Apple is the poisoned apple from Snow White. It's also the apple from the Garden of Eden that is used to tempt Eve. Television, the apple, is supposed to give us vision into what it means to be good and what it means to be evil. Vision that God, the serpent says, does not want us to have. The vision or the knowledge, we can see it, the vision of good and evil. The serpent promises all this knowledge and power and life, just like technocrats promise us today. You'll live forever. But I must caution you that living forever means eternal spiritual damnation. And that doesn't sound very good to me. That also doesn't mean I'm ready to die. I'm not scared of death, but death is just another beginning and another end and a cycle of energetic transmission and energetic transcendence and transformation. If you don't use an Apple computer, maybe use a Windows computer. Windows, it's a vision into something, a vision into your information, into what makes you you, your soul, your spirit, the Ka and the Ba of ancient Egypt. Like the Kaaba, 
at the Muslim holy city or the Kabbalah, the mystical Jewish tradition, Judaism, Islam, Christianity largely came from Egypt through Greece and through Rome. Christianity, Immaculate Conception, we find all these things in Egypt. There's actually an interesting story in Egyptian mythology which tells of the god Thoth visiting the chief god Ra. And when he visits the chief god Ra, he says that he has created, he has designed this powerful form of communication. He was a scribe of the gods. He had immense knowledge. And he wrote all these books, which correlate, of course, to the cycles of nature and the nature of reality, the basic laws of nature that anybody can see if they pay attention, because these books are actually hidden somewhere in the world, hidden behind veils that once you lift them, you can understand them and grasp them. This Hermes, Trismegistus, this Thoth character, he goes to Ra, and he says, I've invented, I've created this language. And Ra is not happy about the creation of this language. Because language is a powerful, powerful thing. Thoth, as the developer of language, had the ability to give such language to man. And Ra is not happy about this. Or Amon, as an Amen, Amon Ra. Ra is not happy about this. He's the king of all Egypt. And Thoth says, the god of writing, and interestingly enough, the god of magic. He says, O king, here is something that once learned will make the Egyptians wiser and will improve their memory. I have discovered a potion for memory or wisdom. Amun-Ra quickly responds with great wisdom, asserting that a written language in particular is in fact a destructive force against memory and wisdom. Amon says, it will introduce forgetfulness into the soul of those who learn it. Amon respects Thoth and says to him, your invention will enable them to hear many things without being properly taught, and they will imagine that they have come to know much, while for the most part they will know nothing. Thoth is a god of magic and a god of words. Word magic. Words and language and magic. Word magic, language magic, whatever you want to call it. He goes to the chief god, the king of all the land of all the world, and says, I've developed this great device to help people with their memory and with wisdom. And Amun-Ra says, it will actually produce forgetfulness. They will hear things without being properly taught. This is the danger of our technologies today. This is what Michael Crichton wrote into Jurassic Park and the character Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum in the original Jurassic Park, where he says, the problem I have with this technology is that you didn't do anything to earn it or to deserve it. You stood on the back of giants, and you just regurgitated and repeated what they did. And before you knew what you had, you slapped it on a lunchbox, you patented it, and you sold it. 
It didn't require any real discipline to obtain. It's very dangerous. You were so preoccupied, and I'm of course paraphrasing here, you're so preoccupied, he tells John Hammond, so preoccupied with whether you could do something, you didn't stop to think if you should do something. That story of Thoth and Amon, which is in my book, Occult Arcana, Amon and Thoth having that conversation really is a fantastic summary of tonight's show. I ran out of time to mention it this morning on the American Journal with Kristan Harris. If you haven't heard that show yet today, go to band.video or infowars.com and they should have a link to, obviously the show is usually hosted by Harrison Smith, so look for Harrison Smith, American Journal, which comes on in the morning right before Alex, and you should be able to find, it's Kristan Harris, so it's a, he's a guest host. He did a really good job, by the way. Uh, I told him that he did a really good job, and I know he prepared a lot for that show, but if you go uh, look for it, you'll find Kristan Harris with Ryan Gable, and I think he also had another guest on after I left, but you can listen to the show. I think we did a really good job of summarizing a lot of what we discussed tonight on the secret teachings. And uh, this is something I didn't get to mention on the show. It would have taken us uh, a little bit too long to go through this whole story because we had to really condense it down for time uh, on that show this morning. But uh, I wanted to mention this, and so I saved it for tonight's broadcast for right now. Uh, Thoth inventing language, and he's also the god of magic. And going to Amon Ra, which is where we get amen from, amen, amen, Amen Ra, and saying, I've invented this language, this will help people with memory and wisdom. Kind of like the calculator, it does help us, but now people don't know how to add, subtract, multiply, or divide in their head. Most people don't know how to do that with a piece of paper. Most people don't know how to do that with a calculator anymore. We have to be very careful of the tools that we use, the technology that we use, or we can become useless. And we can lose that part of our self, the soul, the spirit, that is intellectual, that is emotional. We can succumb to the void. And if we succumb to the void, that is hell, that is evil, that is an inversion of L-I-V-E and L-O-V-E. Technology can be very helpful and very beneficial, but just like what Amon said to Thoth, Introducing these things will actually cause people to forget. They will not know things. They will think they know things. They will hear things, but they will not be properly taught. This will lead to destructive acts. And they will ultimately know nothing while thinking they know everything. Most of the powerful occult and esoteric texts, even going back to the, the Vedas, which is... God knows how old. I mean, they have a date, several thousand years that they were written down, but before they were written down, they were passed on from generation to generation by priests, by wise men that had it memorized. Just like monks writing and copying the Bible, being able to know things and memorize things, that's where you get less forgetfulness because you're remembering you obtain more power because you have the knowledge in your hands and you are taught those things or teach yourself those things. So you have the 
moral and ethical development to go along with the acquisition of that knowledge. But if you just are handed that knowledge without doing any kind of work and someone says, here's how to do it, just do it. If you don't learn, well, it's like the old idea of teaching a man to fish as opposed to giving him a fish. He'll have food forever or he'll have food for a day and then starve to death. All of this is occultism. All of this is esotericism at its finest, if I may add. It's not a coincidence. Thoth is the god of words and of language and of magic. Word magic, movie magic, silver screen, Hollywood, druidic magician wands, conjuring storms and illusions, silver gray dark storms on a silver screen in a dark movie theater, broadcasting the spelled out scripts, TV programming, television to see into something like your Windows operating system or your Apple OS, which gives you vision of good and evil. Those dark movie theaters, like the dark storms conjured by the magicians, are almost like ritual spaces with your soda and your popcorn and your candy. You go, you set, you watch the movie, you watch the trailers, which used to come after the movie. That's why they call them trailers. But you watch the trailers, you watch the advertising, the lights go down, you're reliant on your visual sense. To watch that screen, can't see as much around you. You focus on that screen. You pay attention. You paid to get there. You paid for your popcorn. You're paying with currency. You're paying with energy, money, time. Banks direct the flow of that energy and currency. Finance, economics, birthing, water breaks, birth canal, docking with the doctor, documenting the birth of goods, that came out of a relationship of two people in a cooperation with a marriage license who are in business together, who show each other the goods and merge their assets and finances to reproduce a product of their love and cooperation, a business partnership that will eventually end in divorce or a parting of ways. That's why you're not a partner, you're a couple. And it's not a business contract or obligation, especially not as it was in the old world, if you want your marriage to last. This magic is everywhere. It's in court as well. Jordan Maxwell, our good friend, the late Jordan Maxwell, used to point this out all the time. What is a court? What do you do in a court? You play a game. Defendants and plaintiffs pass the ball back and forth into each other's courts. The ball is now in your court. These lawyers or these attorneys, and there is a difference between the two, these attorneys are a team, a team of attorneys that pass the ball back and forth. The judge is the ref, and it's played on a court. Play tennis with a racket, as Jordan Maxwell used to say, because the whole thing is a racket. And what do you do with a court? You play a game. What do you play with? Most of the time you play with balls, and that's because they got you by the balls. <laughs> Mr. Maxwell used to say, they got you by the balls. And why does the judge wear that black robe? Why do graduates wear that black robe? Why does anybody wear the black robe? Because the black robes of the judge, of the graduate, etc., are the black robes of Saturn, the architect, the grand or great architect, even in the Matrix movie, the great architect, the grand architect of the Matrix was an Odin-like, Santa Claus-like figure, white, with a white beard, and lived at the apex of the Matrix. That's Odin, the North Pole. The black robes of the judge, the graduate, etc., the robes of Saturn, the inhibitor, necessary evil, the weightfulness, the darkness, 
He comes to take you away when you die, to process the soul, to transition you. He is a necessary evil. You do not understand what is light without weight. You do not understand what is light without darkness. And darkness is weightful. You do not understand what is good without bad, or God without the devil, or good without evil. What is love without the void of not having love, or what it means to live, unless you've not lived. Saturn is also the lord of the rings. We get married, we exchange marriage rings. Those rings bind us together. Saturn binds us to the material world. Women wear earrings to show their respect and honor for, well, showing off well, their, their face. Draws your attention to the face like makeup. Show you how pretty they are. That materialism is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is the essence of Saturn, the Lord of the Rings. Kings wear crowns, coronas. They are extensions of the power of the sun, but also of the black sun, Saturn. And Saturn used to be called L. Like Eleven in Stranger Things. L, they call her L. Because L are the elders, the elite, who are elected in an election. They are angelic. And, at least they think they are, L is elected. Electricity, energy, currency, money. And what happens when you die? When you die and the life leaves your body, what is left but a corpse? That is a corporation existing in the man-made construct of the physical, weightful, Saturnistic world. A corporation a cooperation, a corpse in the corporeal world. There is the you that nobody else knows. There is the me that nobody knows. No matter how many radio shows I do, no matter how many people I meet and talk to intimately, just like those people I'm talking to, there are those people who, as individuals, no one will ever know, never know the true them. There is the you, and then there's the fictitious you that has created the mask that is put on, which is the persona, or the personality. The mask, or the persona, that thing that you wear over your face to fit into society, to create a civil environment. The persona, or the person, the person, the individual, the persona, is the character, right? And you are a person with a persona. You are an individual with unique characteristics. So do not act like everybody else. Do not be a hipster because you're just going to resist and become some part of another group. Try not to act like everybody else but be by becoming everybody else. A person, an individual, a persona, the character which is the mask that we wear. That's why they call it mascara. Mascara. Spelled differently, but energetically it has the same meaning. Mascara, you literally put a mask on your face. Now we literally put masks on our face. 
You know what masks over your face means? Criminals do that. Rapists do that. Thieves do that. Burglars do that. You know who else puts a mask over their face? You go back to 16th, 17th century London. And they've done this in other parts of the world too. They would make you wear something called a shame mask. When you did something that was uncivil or immoral. If you cheated on your wife, you'd have to wear the mask of a pig. If you did something that was slothy, maybe you have to wear the mask of a cow. If you did something that was wrong in business and ripped somebody off, you might have to wear the mask of a fox or a weasel. And you couldn't take it off. The community would force you to wear it. It was a shame mask to show that you had done something wrong. That's what that mask is all about, by the way, folks. It's to show that you are dangerous, you are potentially deadly, that you could spread disease, that you could get people sick, that you could kill people. You as a human, as an individual, a person with a persona, with a character, with emotions, with intellect, you are a danger. You are a poison to the planet. Do not breathe out. Do not exhale because you could get people sick and because that's a beta test, get the planet sick. COV2, COV2, SARS-CoV-2. What is COV2? Take away the V. What do you get? CO2, carbon dioxide. What you exhale, the oxygen of plants. Without it, you die. Without the plants, you die. Without you, the plants die. It's a symbiotic system. That's what the mask is all about. It's a shame mask. It's meant to teach you that you are a dirty, dirty human being that is slowly but surely in the process of being moved into the slaughterhouse by eugenicists who tell you what the plan is, and that is to break you as an individual, destroy your uniqueness, obliterate femininity and masculinity in the name of equality strip away the power of the family unit the power of children eliminate the orgasm and raise children in hatcheries artificial wombs and designer babies that you can't afford you can barely afford to buy groceries you think you can afford a designer baby you know who's going to have the designer babies it ain't you you know who's going to have those artificial wombs it ain't you you know who's going to have an identity in the future. It's not you. You won't have an identity. You won't be cis. You won't be gay. You won't be anything. You won't be trans. There will be no identity at all. You will be a drone, a shaved head, pale-faced drone in the same clothing that works for the state turned into a battery. One of the most dystopian views of the future, which probably won't happen quite literally. It's actually very similar to uploading yourself into a computer. Do you think that's going to happen like Johnny Depp and Transcendence where you just get laid down on a little rack and then they upload your brain? That's not how it works. Uploading your consciousness means that you go into social media every single day and you create patterns for the algorithms and the AI to monitor and to track and to recognize your behavioral patterns to nudge you in certain directions, just like Netflix algorithms do. So you're not exactly sure. Do you like this show or do you like it because they told you you like it? Or they like, do they tell you that you like it because you did things that made them think that you like it? The abuse of that power is incomprehensible. Noticing those behavioral patterns, uploading your pictures, your videos, your likes, your dislikes, a whole entire profile of you as a person, the avatar, the digital version of you, 
That's how you get uploaded into a computer. And the more you use it, the quicker the upload speed goes. Now with DeepFake and VoiceFake and uh, being able to create pictures and videos and audio that are not real using AI, which will become uh, exponentially more complex and exponentially more realistic. You won't know what is real and what is fake. And it's not because the mainstream media and the alternative media are lying to you with two different opposing extreme narratives. Parroting the opposite of one another. It'll be because you literally can't visually, physically tell what is reality. You won't know. I brought up the 6G paper this morning from Samsung. Actually, Kristan Harris, I think, had briefly mentioned it, and I said, you're like one of the only people I know who actually knows about that paper. Samsung 6G, where they talk about a digital extended immersive reality where, in their own words, machines will control that digital world. 6G is not a new form of cell phone tower. It's a digital environment that you are plugged into. And then there are holograms and digital replications of people, places, and things. It's kind of like biolocation, but you already have the ability to do that. Biolocation, telekinesis and telepathy, to some extent telekinesis. Telepathy, you can control your own body telekinetically. Telepathy, you know someone really well, you can sort of get to know them a little bit better intimately. Any part of of that process and that relationship friends, lovers, whatever, you get to know that person so well, you know who they are. You can read their mind. That's largely because of patterns, pattern recognition, subtle movements of the body, of the eyes, etc. Consistency in physical and emotional contact. That's what the system has done. That's what they're doing. They want to be in a relationship with you so they know all your intimate details so they can control your next move. You are a piece of of plastic or glass on a checkerboard or a chessboard and the pieces are being moved around you and we think that we are in charge when others are actually controlling the way that we think and the way that we act by using our information so no i don't trust companies with my information no i don't trust them with my phone number or my dna no i don't trust companies to take control of my information any more than they already do through this radio show that doesn't mean you have to live in a shed somewhere in the woods it just means be aware of these things. Be aware of requests and declarations of understanding of legal and lawful of words, spelling and cursive, paying with money, currency and energy, paying attention, paying with time, banks, the directing of the flow of a river, a river bank, the flowing of currents or energy, the currency. Don't you see the current sea? Like emotions, the ocean controls emotions, water, the moon, the woman, the female, the water and the ocean, and what does that control? The emotions. Emotions are fluidic anyway. The emotions, oceans, and that is also energy. Liquid assets, underwater, water, banks, water breaks, birth canal, doctors, docking bay, documenting of birth, certificate, Hollywood movie, magic, silver screen, dark storms, dark rooms, broadcasting, TV programming, television, windows into your home, Apple promising you to know the difference between good and evil. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. And I hope that you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. www.thesecretteachings.info Go to Infowars.com to check out the interview I did with Kristan Harris on the 
American Journal this morning. Go to thesecretteachings.info to check out our archive, listen and download for free, and go to aftermath.media to subscribe to the show. If you're already not a subscriber, if you are, you can resubscribe on our website if you choose to do that. rdgable at yahoo.com. As I said many times tonight, the email if you want to contact me, check out my books, Liberty Shrugged, The Technological Elixir, Food Philosophy, and Occult Arcana, also on the website. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance to do that. Sticks and stones will probably break your bones, but words will break your mind. So you need to understand the language before others make you understand them. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Broadcast.